What's up, Huddle Crew? It's so cool. Back at you with another episode of the Huddle. Coming at you every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Central, to discuss maintaining flooring forward progress in your flooring careers. Today, we got a special guest, an episode that is really um, near and dear to all of our hearts, uh, the role of apprenticeships in flooring. Uh, This used to be much more prevalent in our industry back in the day, and we want to discuss how to, um, you know, maybe some methods of reigniting that in, um, you know, the current environment. Not, not as many employee installers in our industry at the moment. And it's been that way for the last 15, 20 years. So we got Carlos with us from NF Cap. That's the best way. NF Cap. That's the best way. NF Cap. NF Cap. No cap. No cap. So Carlos and with me as always is Daniel and Jose Gonzalez from Preferred Flooring out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yo, yo. Uh, I don't introduce myself very often, but I'll go ahead and say I'm Paul Stewart and I'm with uh, Patrick Mahomes. Bo Carrera and Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. I'm trying to get him like perfectly in the background. So, congratulations to my buddy Patrick for pulling another Super Bowl victory home to the Kansas City Chiefs. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah congrats. So, how's it going, Carlos? Wonderful. I'm over here in Miami right now. Just just uh, landed this morning. I'll be back in San Francisco tomorrow night. Dude, you're gonna, be in, center. you're gonna be in two state two cities that we had to beat to uh win the championship. So sorry, I'm gonna be making these references <laughs> the entire episode. But we had to beat Miami in the playoffs. We just beat San Francisco to That's win crazy. the uh It isn't hurting anybody's so, feelings, anyway. but that's well, I, I can tell you, I do wish that it would have been uh, a different uh, team going up against. I, I was really rooting on Detroit, and um, I've got a lot of friends up where you guys are. we got installers down here that are from up there in Detroit, and I was rooting for them. I was rooting for them. That was a great game. I saw it. It was fun. Yeah, San yeah, Francisco, was, they came back and, and beat the Lions. I couldn't believe it. I thought they, they were losing. But they came back. Hey, it was that third that happens, quarter, man. Yeah, it was that whole that third second quarter got gotcha. you. Yeah, we don't we don't talk about that anymore. We just uh, oh, we're, sorry we're, guys, we'll, I forgot we'll get that it next year. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll get it next year. We'll be old back. news. Old news, bro. Why are you bringing up old stuff? <laughs> well, speaking of you know championships, how how do we turn installers into champions? And uh, you know win them a championship from a installation perspective. Like we, we tout this industry, we tout about how beneficial um, and rewarding it can be. Uh, It's one of the things I love about it. Uh, Not just, you know, from a financial standpoint, uh, can you do well in this industry, but there's just something about doing a, a project and, and standing up and finishing a, finishing a job. You're the finishing touches to a lot of these uh, homes and offices and hospitals. So it's something I've always gotten a lot of pride out of when I was installing was <clears throat> the completion, the completed product. So Carlos, uh, you guys in NF cap do um, a lot in this area, a lot in the 
arena of apprenticeships. Uh, it's a daunting task. I've talked to you several times. I know it's, you know, not always the easiest um, thing to to attack. I mean, how I'm going to open it up with a question straight to you. How are you guys looking at it? How does NFCAP and the states and how, how do people look at apprenticeships when we have such a heavy uh, influence of subcontractors, which I love my subs. We got plenty. There's if you want to go out and start your own installation business, you got my support. I know you got these guys support, but it does present a unique challenge to those trying to work with apprenticeships. Does it not? Yeah. Um, well, it, honestly, there's, it's, it's, um, it does not in the long run. And, and the reason why is because, you know, when we're out here and we're promoting the flooring industry and saying, Hey, there's an opportunity for you to become a, a flooring installer. You know, we're not selling, um, a, a job we're actually selling the the opportunity of becoming your own flooring contractor um so that's the way that we get these students into into you know interest into our program and and coming into our industry um they go work for a flooring contractor for about three to four years once they complete their apprenticeship hours then they get a certificate from the department of labor uh-oh uh-oh he, he must have a phone call <laughs> He'll be right back. I think, um, I think what he's alluding to is the opportunity to become a subcontractor, but getting these, uh, new, what I'm, am I back? You're yeah, back. Did you get a phone What's call? Up, Carlos? Yeah, man. I, next time I won't use my phone for this. Um, <laughs> so once they get their certificate from department of labor, then they can transition and start their own flooring company and, and it'll be a 1099. So a lot of these companies that we work with, they have the vision of they have an apprenticeship program already within their company and they're already aiming that the, these students that they take in are one day going to end up being subcontractors for their company once they complete the apprenticeship program so what we're doing now is making sure that they learn the standard of the trade so by the time they already have their own company they're actually installing quality work gotcha yeah so as i was saying when you dropped off there for a second i think <clears throat> from we're kind of talking about two different perspectives on this yes uh you you are talking about the opportunity to become your own boss and be a subcontractor eventually that um is a very intriguing offer right it's it is a it is one of the industries you can go out and be your own boss uh you can make a lot of uh money or you can balance kind of have that uh, freedom to balance your lifestyle. But from my perspective that I'm talking about is the complication it brings for your placement, because there's so few companies, particularly, I mean, you take a huge swath of the company. There's very, there's, there's a lot of companies that do not hire on even apprentices or, or installers at all. I just um, got back, a few weeks back from a, a tour down in Dallas and I met with like, you know, I think probably 12 or 13 different companies. Not one of them even had uh, one employee installer. So, yeah, yeah. you know, placement is what more of what I'm talking about. Um, you know, getting them with a flooring company, if you're to do it on a large scale can be complicated, I would think. Because a lot of the outlets for installers who want to 
come into the industry, the outlet is to go work for one of the subcontractors or go work for a, a labor shop. Right. I mean, and so yeah. how do you guys, you just make sure you're dealing with companies that, that want that eventuality of them becoming a sub as the overall goal. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the contractors that we're working with now, um, they have in-house crews. So it's already a part of their business model. So those those are the companies essentially that we work with to start off with for our students. I got a question what? for you. So if um yeah. if the premise is to get them trained to get them out and get them out on their own, at what point is um, at what point does someone say, Yes, you are good enough in this discipline to be out on your own in such a short amount of time? You think you think four years is a short amount of time? Depending well, not the for discipline. the maybe not for the trade or no, for, for the, the trade. The, 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 the skill set maybe they're getting. Um, I would say they're becoming at four years, um, at least in my experience of of hiring hundreds of installers. Uh, I would say they're prof becoming proficient at a particular discipline. Yes, yeah, true. But, getting That's out on their right own there. yeah getting out on their own it might be a little premature but i think also what we're talking about in and what we discuss a lot on this podcast is the business acumen that you need to really go be your own boss right yeah there's, yeah there's there there's that piece where either going to work with a subcontractor a good one where you can learn some of that stuff uh or doing some business courses or or some mentorship with, you know, guys like Jose or Daniel or myself on what it's like and what you really need to pay attention to if you're a sub to not only be successful on your installation, but be successful as a business because you're a business at that point. Yeah. Right. So, and this you know, is Roy just yeah. made a comment, you know, the main problem is how to run the business and not training the installer, right? Because after four years, you can have some decent hand skills and not know anything at all about running a business. Yeah, yeah. So, so what we do is, okay, so right now we work with Department of Labor on the side of getting these students into the program, into the apprenticeship. Um, there's another department we work with, it's Department of Commerce, and they have an agency called Minority Development, um, Minority Business Development Agency. They provide the training um, and the resources to basically set up a student on the business side. So that's the thing is, I feel like after four years of you doing floor installation, you're kind of going to know like, and you're getting paid a decent amount of, of a salary working in-house. You're kind of going to be like, do I really want to start my own flooring company? Because, you know, when you're young, you're ambitious, you want to, you know, have your own business. But when you start seeing what it takes to run a company, especially when you're working at a floor, with a flooring uh, contractor, you see the other stuff that you never would have thought of. So I feel like some students might say, you know what, I'd rather just um, get promoted within the company and maybe into well, a different department. Yeah. Well, ho hopefully so, because honestly, there's a, a pretty low percentage of flooring installers that should end up being, you know, their own boss. Yeah. Um, I mean, particularly that that young i guess not just what nf cap is doing but I'm, I'm curious of your take on this after being in it not not so much just what you do which is interesting and good and i'm glad that you uh brought that up but what's your what's your 
what's your guys's you know group discussion here what what's what what are some solutions to properly maintain some of the new uh applicants that companies like nfcap or fcef or these other entities are bringing into the industry to make sure that you know the the education continues for the person and if they do want to go out on their own what is um what is the mechanisms or or what should we be thinking as an industry to make sure they're successful ultimately because you know having an installer come in do a good job uh with his hands but failing as a business that 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 may not be the best uh you know end result either right so just yeah you know off the hip not not anything uh that's necessarily nf cap uh specific but what's your what's your thoughts around you know that those kinds of things well man you know i tell you something starting a business from zero is not easy um from experience i think uh it's, it's not it's not easy so i i I think someone has to be really resilient and have a drive and, and to stick in there and, and actually want to, to learn how to run a company and, and find a way how to succeed or how to market yourself against the competition. It's not easy, but I know if you, if you stay committed and you work hard and you network in the long run, you know, you, you can build a fruitful company. So it's not, yeah. it's not for everyone. Um, it's not for everyone, but for the ones who have that heart and yeah, they can do it, but if not, they can just have the skill set and work for a company that is always busy, a commercial flooring company for sure is most of the time is busy. Yeah. What about you guys, uh, Daniel and Jose? I mean, Dave Garden just chimed in and said, you know, uh, you know, in, increasing or continued education be, should be a standard for all installers. I agree with that. Yeah, I, don't I agree. Think we should, you know, ever stop learning. It's not like you get to the end of the four years and you're good. Yeah. But and, and education think, in, in business as well, right? Right. So I, I think when we talk about apprenticeships, um, for the most part, you, you kind of relate it to the union because it's union strong, right? So when you talk about apprenticeships, you're talking about going through that course for the four years and then basically saying, all right, now you can do whatever. But I mean, they still train on a regular basis as long as they're part of that union. So I think we, we just need to get to that point where um, it's not necessarily frowned upon by so many people. Like, I already know what I'm doing. I've been doing it for 20 years, so I don't need training, right? And we talk about this all the time. But it has to be where I think that's where the, the benefit of actually having the, the employee installers kind of like similar to the union, right? But a union doesn't necessarily have to employ them full time, right? They can go from union shop to union shop, but having the employee installers kind of gives you, or at least them, um, like they will actually want to train since, I mean, like for us, we, we pay the guys when they, when they come in and train and it's just, that's not the case when you're on your own. And that's why a lot of the guys that are, you know, 1099 are doing their own thing. It's like they, they either have to go work today to make the amount of money they need to, or they're going to go to their training and lose a bunch of money and then be fall way behind. So it's just yeah, that. I think that's the, that's like the stigma, but 
like Pruitt. Hey, what's up, Pruitt? He just chimes in, says good morning, everyone. But <laughs> it's uh, three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> he's still on. Uh, he's he Kansas just woke Chiefs up. Chiefs hangover. Yeah, he just woke up from the game. <laughs> uh, but that that's the stigma. But it's not true. The most successful guys I know that make the most money in the industry are the ones who are are dedicated to education and training them getting training they they invest their time in the education and training and that's how they view it they don't view it as spending money to go and losing money to go get trained they view it as i'm going to invest this amount of time this amount of effort and money so that i can you know increase my my performance increase my my standing in the industry and you know, command a bigger dollar and get better, get, get better projects, get more rewarding projects that pay better. I mean, that's, that's what I see. That's the proof. That's the data. Uh, I think it's a farce that, you know, somehow you, you lose money by becoming more educated. Um, if that was the case there, we wouldn't have, you know, <clears throat> any doctors or any surgeons, like they go do this stuff uh, and then you get out of it. And yes, there's a sacrifice period, but you get out of it and you can you can command more money. I mean, that's that's I, I what I you. think I, I see happening more than, yeah. you know, I, I, I agree with you. It's 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 kind of like, you know, you go you take all these courses, you take all these certifications, you're getting better at what you're doing, you're becoming a professional. And you get, you know, you, get, you build a sense of pride of what you're doing. It's you become a craft. It's like a craft at the end of the day artisan and and what i've realized from the experience of doing this for the past almost five years of you know doing the legwork and just seeing someone talk about apprenticeship like the other day we had a, a class in austin and this individual who's been in the industry for quite some time but he just joined the apprenticeship he was proud of to say like you know i'm, I'm in school again I'm, I'm an apprentice i'm learning i'm in and just seeing how he felt of being a part of an apprenticeship program and the pride that he was demonstrating, it just showed that we're, it's a shift. We're not just a regular flooring installer putting floors in like there's pride behind it. It's starting to become like a profession now. And you know, that's the way we promote it to the students is that's why we take them to the, to the trade show. Like, like this is our industry. It's, it's big. This is, it's not just some small thing. It's, it's the students that we took, they were blown away. They had to change their heart about our industry and so that's something that we want to keep portraying that being a flooring installer is not like a low job it's, it's something great and i think the next yeah, generation thanks for bringing them up. by the way thanks yeah. for bringing them that was really really cool to see see you guys cruising around the trade show and joining us on the podcast there that was that was neat yeah that, that was pretty awesome i do want to apologize guys i have to take off right now though so um i, I don't want to all right, I'll man. You, take I'll care, brother. I'll tell you guys what, what's going on later. I don't want to bring down the mood. Got it. Very got good. It. All right, All right sir. Kudos, Daniel. Best of luck. I'm not. Hey, hey, Daniel. Sorry about them lines, man. Hey, we'll get them next year. We'll get them next year. That's what we say every year. So, um, as we're continuing this apprenticeship talk, and uh, I'm not sure what's going on, but I hope Daniel, everything's good with Daniel. So we'll. We'll uh, wish for the best there. But um, <clears throat> one of the things about apprenticeship to me is gaining, you know, experience in 
not only what you're doing, but how to operate projects. Uh, we got a podcast coming up about site conditions and how they can uh, impact your profitability. You know, learning how to properly set up projects even after you've uh, gotten through your apprenticeship. Um, the the that's the real benefit of being with a company or being with a you know an being in an employee standpoint before you go out and start your own thing. So we, we say this a lot on the podcast here is like, take your time before you go out and start your business, work with a company, really understand the best ways to set up jobs. And cause that has a lot to do with your, your, uh, your potential success in the future. Um, you know, as far as the role that apprenticeships play, I believe that the, if we can figure out and continue to hone in on creative ways to deal in the digital world with apprenticeships and placements um you know that's going to be a need here in the future the young the younger generation live on their devices and you know the the more that we can understand meeting them where they're at and finding uh ways to connect them with uh work opportunities and people and making sure that you know, as an industry, we're doing our very best for the new incoming uh, youth. Um, and you guys do a great job at M NFCAP. I mean, you, you're very, uh, I would say, you could see it in your eyes. You're dedicated to the kids. You're very happy with what you do. Um, what is the biggest challenges? We, we understand the role <laughs> of apprenticeships now. What's the biggest challenges? How can the industry help out in these uh you know, in this apprenticeship kind of approach, man, our, our biggest challenge right now is placement. That's it. It's, it's placement. Like the, the students are there, but to find placement for us, is, I hear you now. It's, it's just placement okay. at this current moment. Um, we can find more contractors that are willing to, you know, uh, become apprenticeship sponsors and take our students. That'd be great. So why don't we go through real quick? What what does it take to place a student with NFCAP? Because we have uh, there's some solutions out there for placement. I've talked yeah. to you about uh, Jumpstart, which is a Go Career product that essentially puts the new students on a platform, and then we connect them to uh, our our network of installers. And if you're at least one hammer above as a network installer, you have access to jumpstart and then you can hire off a of jumpstart. Jumpstart is not hundred percent live yet, but we're just finishing some stuff up. That is the concept of jumpstart, but that doesn't work well with the way some of the States work and what you have to do. So why don't you explain to us the, the, the methods that you kind of, you know, have to go through. Um, well, well, one, um, you have to fill out an application to see, you know, what, what your company is offering, you know, the wage scales, um, the benefits that you provide for the employee. Because at the end of the day, even the student has to make that decision if they want to go work at that specific company. Um, so we present that like the job offers to the to the students. Now, for a company to become an apprenticeship sponsor, all they have to do is sign an appendix D, which is an employer agreement. And within that agreement, it's, it's just stating that you're going to follow the standard of the apprenticeship guidelines, which is what what are you going to train them on um for example nwfa and ncca has these apprenticeship guidelines you're supposed to follow and they have the books available they have the um, online university they have to follow that for the next three to four years 
and complete that. Um, I mean, it's it's not it's it's great to be honest with you because you're basically training your workforce according to the standard of the industry, and it helps you build a quality workforce. In addition to all that, when you become an apprenticeship sponsor um, at a state and a federal level, there's um, tax credits at a county level. And it, when you hire our students, uh, we can help. Sometimes it can be 100% salary reimbursement up to three to five months or 50% or depending on the county you're in. Um, another thing benefit is that the students, they get tools up to 1,500. Uh, we also um, cover, for example, if they're going to do the work flooring specialist. We cover that um nwfa certification costs if they're going to be um, an ntca tile setter then we also cover the cti certification cost so these students that we bring to the table uh, they come with resources that you know help them succeed not only that on top of all that we help these students transition from um job corps um you know a lot of them will relocate to new cities that you know they don't have any family members or apartments or anything, nothing like that so we help them find a place um, we help them get grants so they can get a down payment to a car or at least pay one month of their of their rent to give them a little boost in life. Um, so we help help them get stable within the first three to six months once they transition out of Job Corps and start working with the local contractor. Well, that was going to yeah, be one so... of my questions for you. Was uh, the I don't know how well you guys can hear me, but my microphone and my I hear you. I hear you. We hear you just fine. Yeah. But um. That was one of the questions I was going to have for you, too, was when they're transitioning and they do want to, you know, basically travel and, and, and go out of state and maybe set roots somewhere else. I didn't I didn't know if there was any solid programs in place for that. Yeah. So so the way that it works is it, it doesn't matter where the student wants to go. Um, as long as before they even get there, we we set them up with the local workforce board to get eligible. Once they're eligible, then they they qualify for the local resources, and along with your company as well, you you get um partner up with the work with the workforce board. So it it just has to do it in advance, like it has to be planned out um in due time because the government tends to work pretty slow, um so you have to be on top of it, um and and also as an employer take that into consideration, um that it takes time, so we can do that ahead yeah. of time and and do that smooth transition, and it will work perfectly fine. So it's a pretty big lift for, say, a, a subcontractor to qualify for the program with you uh, to, to then get apprentices into their install company. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you know, I don't want to say it's a big lift. I mean, I think we're doing it already. It's just what it does is creates a, something formal for these flooring companies. That, that are already busy. If you're busy all the time and you want to build your workforce, I think it's the perfect system to uh, set in place. Yeah. So Jorge asks, who's doing training at, at NFCAP in San Marcos, Texas? Uh, currently, we have someone that used to work for the union in Washington. Um, he, he retired. He's, he's an instructor there. He was a, a flooring in, installer for about 30 years. Cool. Yeah. So... Like there's you know, Dave Garden said, you know, I, I pulled it up a minute ago that the largest problem is the 1099 system um, to delve into that a bit. I don't it's it's subs paying their their employees or the people that work for them on jobs as a 1099 and not hiring them as employees. 
and properly training them and getting them, um, you know, uh, in touch with different opportunities to become better. I think that's what he's referring to. Uh, he's, he, he may chime in and correct me, but, you know, uh, Dave is uh, used to own a large, uh, I think his son runs it now, but used to own a large uh, labor shop. So the labor shops ought to be different. If you're a head installer, you should be hiring employees, or at least that's that that would be the best way to then, you know, help that employee go, uh, you know, further their education and get better. Um, we've talked about it here on the podcast before, but I think, you know, um, it's not as prevalent as, as I think it used to be, and that's subs or installers not wanting to train other installers because they're training them to take their jobs kind of thing. I think we know, we all know that stigma. It doesn't, I know a lot of people that love to train, uh, a lot of installers that love teaching the next generation. Um, do you run across that much Carlos in the, when you place a new, uh, apprentice into a, a place where the feedback comes back that he's not, being well received or something to like, yeah, or is that, is that a far, is that a, is that a, uh, old tale that just keeps coming up? No, actually, um, uh, from our experiences past three years, what we realize is it depends on the, on the size of the company. If it's a big company that has many in-house installers, like, you know, the guy has a lot of bands and he sends, sends them out to, to complete his contracts like there that it works perfectly fine with our students but when it's someone that just has doesn't even have a shop only has a van like a subcontractor and uh, it's i we sent students to go work with them and it's, it just didn't work out for some particular reason um he didn't want to even take the time to even when we told him it's an apprentice they didn't want to train him at all i don't know what happened so there i'll chime in on that one right there and i understand that that portion too because we were we were once stuck in that uh in that rut where we felt that we didn't have the time to focus training on individuals right so it was we have deadlines in the commercial in the commercial world we have deadlines and and we would start training and then we'd start running out of time and say mm -hmm. all right you know what i'm running out of time i have to have you go do this because i know you do this well um and then on the next project we'll try to pick up and that that kind of uh, that, that kind of derails the training and motivation a little bit, both for the employer and the employee, uh, because, you know, there's gaps in between. But um, I think once we started doing more in-house and practice training um, on our slower days and recognizing when it was a good time to split the crew in half and have some guys come here and practice while the other guys are on a project, um, we started doing that. We started getting a, a little more ahead of the game for, for us anyway. Yeah. And you guys have sent your employees to, you know, different trainings and uh, uh, certifications, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, you see the value there I, here at, at my flooring company. Um, when I would say there's five or at least five, if not six or seven of our subs that used to be hourly employees here. So you know, we, we don't try to stop them. Uh, we do try to have an exit interview uh, with them. Sometimes it does stop them and explain to them all of the requirements that are going to, you know, be on their shoulders now to fulfill as a business owner. And um, 
I think that's a good thing for a company to do. I don't want to stifle entrepreneurship. Uh, in many cases, we ended up with one hell of a sub out of the deal. And they they went on to uh, hire more people and, you know, more installers and, and do it the right way and, and make make a great sub. Uh, others have fallen pretty hard. And so I, all I can do is continue to encourage people that if you're going to be, if you want to go out and be a subcontractor, it's awesome, but please know what you're getting into and understand that this problem of hiring people, it's one of the main things I see on the Facebook pages all the time is like, I can't find any good help. I can't, well, there's resources out there. NFCAP is one of them. But you have to be prepared. You have to own a you have to treat your your installation company as a business. And then you can kind of check some of these boxes. Reach out to NFCAP, reach out to FCEF, start looking at ways, reach out to Go Carrera. We'll get you to where you can have access to the uh jump start. And you can have access to you know young talent or newer talent to the industry anyway. Um but you got to run your business like a business. And if you just go out, you get a van, you get some tools and you start installing floors and you don't really treat your company like a business. Uh, like David said earlier, he, he kind of confirmed that the largest issue that he's talking about when he said 1099 is the individual subcontractor misusing the system to avoid running a business properly. Yeah, uh, that's, that's true. a pretty good sum up of what I'm talking about here is, uh, you know, you got to run it like a business. That's right. And, and I think uh, Dwayne on there, too, it, to answer his question is kind of what you just alluded to is, is run it like a business. That's the only way to run that successful workroom is it doesn't matter if your labor only full retail or retail and then you sub everything out. You know, you still have to understand the business aspect of the industry. Business is business. If it's it's got to be for profit, it's got to make money to sustain itself regardless. Um, your your people are your tools, um, their mindset, their health, their education. Those are their tools. You got to feed. You got to feed into that. Right. You, you got to you got to make sure that you're catering to those tools so that way they can get better. They can get sharper in turn. Your business will get better. Your business will get sharper. Um, it takes a. It, it takes a while to understand that you have to invest time and money into getting better and getting everyone around you better. Um, it's just, it's hard at first when you don't feel like you're generating the revenue, um, but you, you have to, you got so to we're talking about when we're talking about running it like a business, we're talking about caring about your people. Yeah. We're talking about caring about uh, your P and L like actually make sure you're making money. Mm -hmm. uh, we're talking about caring about your equipment. And we're talking about, you know, controlling your expenses, making sure that your your profit model or your revenue model, you know, makes enough money to cover those things and pay you well. And that your people are one of your most important assets. Many times, I think what, what I'm reading in most of these, you know, here's the problem kind of comments is it's when in, subs hook up with someone else and they split the, the money or they hook up with someone and you're like, you're going to get 10% of every job we do. And I'm going to pay you as a 1099, a sub, you know, subbing to another sub, subbing to another sub kind of scenario or 1099, 1099 to 1099. 
that's where you just get lost in the mix. And that is a problem in our industry. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're, a, if you are a shop or you're a labor, um, you know, whether some people call them brokers or what have you, but if you, if you own a labor shop and you are working, the, the thing that separates you from uh, everyone else is how you treat your people and how you educate your people and how you pour into them to help them get better. Like Jose was just talking about. And Well, um, well you know, guys, I want to add something about that, that whole 1099 thing. Um, not too long ago, I had a meeting with the company in, in Dallas, Texas, and he was in, informing me that the IRS is starting to track down and stuff like that. If a company that's supposedly 1099 is receiving more than 80% of income from one company, that that's not even 1099. And then the IRS is going to go after that company to get those taxes. So that's something that's in the move right now. That's a trickle up. Yeah, that, that's what's happening right now in, in Texas. So this guy's like, he's like, hey, I got to change my model and, and just do um, W-2s just to avoid that that wave that's about to take out a lot of companies within our industry. Yeah, they, there's there's a lot of different metrics that they're using. Uh, one of them being, you know, uh, control. One of them being um, the capability for profit and loss. Uh, that's another metric that they, you know, can these subs lose money, right? Uh, scheduling, you know, and that that falls falls under the control piece. Uh, mm -hmm. Taxes. Uh, work comp, those kinds of deals. And, and is the sub working for other people? That's one of the reasons I'm so, you know, pro go Carrera. The fact is, is that all my installers that work for me are also on the network doing work for other people. And it's all right there on the platform. And you can see that, that uh, they don't just work for me. Uh, they may work a lot of time for, uh, or I shouldn't say for me, but with me as a trade partner. But they also get other work on Go Carrera, and it's it's a they have to maintain their own insurance, they have to maintain their W nines and pay their taxes and that stuff. But it's really important that we don't. It's really important that we don't try to work the system. Like hire good people, try to pour into your people if you're a sub. Our hourly employees are benefited with health insurance and paid by the hour on a W two with a company van, you know, uh, with free wow, work amazing. gear and, 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 and equipment. And then our subs, they have to, they have to take care of all of their own stuff. If they're traveling, they got to get their own hotel rooms. Uh, you know, yep. those kinds of deals. If our, if our, uh, hourly employees are traveling, well, what, guess what? They got their hotel already taken care of where it's at paid for done. And so you can run a, a system where you have both employee installers and subs, but you have to have clear definition between how you treat them and you can't treat a sub like an employee. And I think that's a lot of what like David and, and, and uh, uh, some of the other comments are, are referring to is the fact is, is like, dude, you know, that's the only way for us to increase the health of the industry and get these, these new crew, these new, um, uh, apprentices or new people coming into the to the industry to build them up and make them better. I, I've said it for a long time. Ever since I sat into a in a uh, a uh, seminar talking about the installation crisis and how big it was and all the metrics around it, 
I thought, what a catastrophe to not only have that shortage, but if we fix and bring in the kind of numbers they're talking about, how do we properly make sure that they're placed with quality, other mm -hmm. quality companies and other quality installers to make sure that they continue to get better? Because that's the fastest way to lose them. <clears throat> I almost didn't end up in this industry because I ended up with some jerk that was just a jerk to oh. me as my my first, uh, you know, my first mechanic. And, um, you know, we got to change that attitude and, and, and invite these guys in, invite these new uh, men and women into our industry and pour into them and try and help them get better. So I, I want to touch base on another question. Dwayne kind of finished it. He just wanted to know, he meant his question was more directed. How do you, how does he get, um, or how does he start using uh, the installers that the NF cap, NF cap are, are providing? Um, and I think it's just a matter, he said it earlier and, and Dwayne must, must not have been on, but you just got to fill out a form, like a pre-qual and to give you some information and, and see where it goes from there. And I don't where's, think- Where's Dwayne, Dwayne located? Problem. He's located here in Wichita. Wichita, yep. <laughs> you know, yeah. So the first time, the first time I was over there, I say, "Hey, where's Wichita at?" <laughs> They're like, "What's Wichita?" <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do want to, I do want to add just for clarification too, just in case anybody there, there's the it, QR he, code, Dwayne. Uh, that that'll you get go. you to to the place where you need to get in contact with Carlos, and uh, hopefully that helps you out a little bit. So, so, so some of the benefit, and, and this is, I'm going to kind of summarize it a little bit, is uh, NFCAP is providing training for individuals to put them out there in the workforce um, to introduce them to companies or to go on their own. Um, if you're one of the companies that are able to, um, I don't want to say adopt, right, but able to take on a few employees, you take them on, you give them additional training after a few years, then it's up to the individual to decide whether they stay or become self-employed. Um, and I guess uh, it goes back to it's no different than somebody getting hired off the streets, except for you are giving them a head start for companies. You're getting some basic training in, some basic flooring knowledge, and companies like myself wouldn't have to start from scratch on the training portion of it. Um, now, yeah, you know, I, I want to say something about before, that. Yeah, let, let me add on, on top of that. Um, you know, what we're really doing is we're vetting out the students ahead of time. Um, you know, they, they go through like electrical trade, they go through plumbing, they go through, you know, painting, all different types of trades. So by the time they get to us and, and they exit our program, you know, you're getting someone who said, hey, you know, I see this as a career path. I see it as something I can do, you know, for the rest of my life. So you're getting someone who's not thinking about, oh, let me try it out and see if I like, it. you know, you're getting someone who wants to grow in it and, and do something and, and become something great in the industry. Um, and the other thing is we look for individuals, you know, who have great character that we see that will be have a, a bright future. Um, it's, it takes a lot of our resources and time, but we're doing that vetting out for the for the contractors. We're doing that service for them because we want the contractors to be busy getting the next contract to keep these students busy and, and making money. Well, that's a good distinction. That's, I mean, bringing, yes. you know, we all have experienced like the new guy. Um, CFI did a two-week course, and uh, we utilize that two-week course to vet out some guys. I mean, if you're not going to stay at a two-week course, then you're probably not going to make it here. We ended up with one good guy. He's still employed with us today. And um, so anything that the industry does in these regards 
to pre-vet and make sure that they want to be in the flooring industry. Um, I, I think that's, you know, a, a huge service. Uh, so thank you for what you do, Carlos. We've already, believe it or not, come up to the end of the podcast. I want to wow. uh, once again, thank you for uh, joining us. Um, everybody just want to say Jose's uh, brother, Daniel is fine. He does have a puppy that's not doing well. And uh, I don't mind saying it here at the, <laughs> he didn't want to bring down the mood, but uh, sounds like one of his puppies, a uh, big dog guy. And as well as Daniel is, or Jose is, um, but his puppy's not doing well. So he had to, had to go. Um, so, but thank you to, to him for joining. Um, if you enjoy the, the type of content that we bring here, we encourage you to, you know, come see us on Apple or Spotify, you know, we're on YouTube, um, you know, give us a thumbs up, a thumbs down, whatever you want to do. Give us some, <laughs> some content um, that you want us to talk about. We got some really good episodes coming up and with some really great sponsors and, and really great uh, manufacturers and, and just, you know, people trying to change the industry like yourself, Carlos. So, Thanks again for joining us. And uh, again, everybody, thank you for the comments. Really appreciate it. And I appreciate all of uh, you guys joining us. And with that, I'm, I'm going to say break. All right. Thanks. Thank, thanks for the invitation, Congratulations guys. to the Chiefs. Last thing I, I got to say it. All right, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Again, 3 p.m. Central uh, on Tuesdays. Thanks, everyone. All right. See you, Carlos.